Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. I'm Scotty Conley, a.k.a. Scotty the Body, and this is the Border Podcast with Scotty the Body. For the last 20 years, I've had some type of role in the skateboarding industry, including my time as a sponsored skater, many years working at Skate Park of Tampa, and my current job at the Border. So, in the midst of this current pandemic, I decided to start this podcast so I can catch up with some old friends I've met along the way, and we can talk about the past and present with highlights in my beloved hometown of Tampa, Florida. So sit back and enjoy. Oh yeah, that's right. It's your boy, Scotty the Body, back again. Border Podcast. Let's go. Before I bring in today's guest, I want to wish everyone a happy new year. I hope your holiday season was amazing. I hope Santa Claus was good to you. Uh, my wife got me the WWF Hasbro Caesar Series 7 Shawn Michaels action figure that I've always wanted, as well as uh, two new wrestling shirts featuring some of my new favorites from AEW. Got Orange Cassidy and my, my tag team, The Best Friends. Uh, my mom always gets me the same pair of sweatpants from Sam's Club every single year without fail. I love them. They're the best sweatpants ever. And uh, I just also wanted to say how much I'm enjoying using the holidays to share skateboarding with my nephews. I'm very proud that the two of them are now interested in skateboarding because of the influence of the cool Uncle Scotty. Uh, they have both gotten boards for me for, ex- for uh, Christmas in the last couple of years. And it made me so happy to see that when we joined our family Christmas Zoom call, my nephew in Philly had a legit board wall in his room and uh, just on display and was so proud of his board wall. And then my other nephew, who I gave a board to for Christmas two years ago, I thought he forgot about it. I thought it got lost in his garage. And he called me a week before Christmas and told me that all he wanted for Christmas was skate lessons from his Uncle Scotty. So uh, old Uncle Body crushed it this year for Christmas, had some nice steaks and some nice company for New Year, and now I am ready to get back to work and get started full force on 2021. So enough about last year, enough about me. Let's bring in our guest and start a conversation. So joining me live, we are at Border Headquarters in Tampa, Florida, and you may recognize my good friend from years of coverage at the Skate Park of Tampa. Uh, he has also made guest appearances in some of the early and current uh, GX1000 edits. Um, he had stellar parts in the Shaquifa mixtape series, both volumes two and three. And now he is one of the new pros out of the Santa Cruz Skateboards camp. I was so proud to be there and to be the first to actually announce to the world that this man was pro. You can watch the footage of that epic day in his episode 
of the Santa Cruz True Grit documentary series, which was just absolutely incredible. Um, if you haven't watched it yet, you're blowing it. His story is inspirational. And after watching the video, I decided this would be a great time to sit down, maybe hit some follow-up questions and maybe fill in a few blanks, add a couple stories uh, to an already just absolutely crazy tale of life. So ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in Jeremy Nibs. Jeremy, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great today, Scotty. I'm happy to be over here. All right, and I'm happy to see you too. Been seeing you a lot over the holidays. You were at my wedding, you were here for Christmas, New Year's and all that good stuff. Um, you've been hanging out in Tampa for a little bit. You're living in San Francisco, but it's always good to see you when you come here for Tampa Am, Tampa Pro, uh, obviously holidays. You still pop in from time to time, um, but you're riding for Santa Cruz and it seems like uh, before the pandemic started, you guys were hitting the, hitting the road, man. Like I've seen you guys traveling the world. Uh, Europe, you're in heavily, saw you guys did a couple weeks in Argentina. So uh, what's it like uh, being pro for like one of the biggest brands in skateboarding right now that has obviously a very, very cush travel budget? Um, well, since I've turned pro, we haven't really done too much travel. Yeah, but I'm saying leading so, up to that. Yeah. Leading up to that, it's been really amazing. They, they really, they take really good care of us. And the places they send us are places I never thought I'd get to go to. And and the team is huge, so it's like they're they're like really putting like ten guys in in Europe with yeah. a full like filmer, photographer, team manager. Yeah, usually on most of our trips we have probably eight to ten of us. Is that doesn't get to go on one? We'll get switched up throughout the next trip and get to go on another one. Or... Yeah, yeah. So it's still like one van trips, or you bust out two vans. It depends on it. Sometimes it's just one van, like we did a filming trip in Barcelona yeah before it we was to Europe for the demo tour and in Barcelona it was just one band filming trip for like 13 days or so okay and then we flew to Germany started a Europe tour but then we had two bands there because we have a lot more of the team but typically it's a just one band okay well uh we're gonna we're gonna get to that point but first we're gonna go back in time and talk about your beginning in skateboarding but before we do, I just want to remind the listeners that the NFL playoffs are here. My Bucks have cruised in. Tom Brady is killing it. And we got a great matchup against the Washington football team. Also, don't forget the NBA has officially started and hockey is right around the corner. And although you might not be at a game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Yes, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. So head to Bet Online today and use the promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. Uh, so we're going to move into uh, the, the documentary, obviously. It's called True Grit. Um, first off, I just want to commend you, uh, for your just brutal honesty throughout the whole thing. Uh, you could definitely hear in your voice how real these situations were and how they affected your life and your mentality. Um, I feel like I knew you pretty well. And, uh, some of the things you said, I definitely had no clue these were going on in your life. I had no clue how gnarly it was getting for you. Um, I, I guess you were really good at like elevating the good things in your life and, and 
just kind of like choosing not to focus on the bad, obviously, or just like hiding the bad. Um, mm -hmm. Like I remember uh, when you moved, I remember when you moved back from Vegas and we hadn't seen you for a while and uh, you, you seemed like you had the greatest time of your life in Vegas. Like uh, I, I specifically remember when you showed up at the skate park and you, you were just like, dude, I lost my virginity in the parking garage of a casino. <laughs> And I, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, that's awesome. And you were just talking about skating and how you made friends out there and how you, you started to meet girls. And uh, dude, as far as I could tell, you were just like, your whole family had the time of your life. But uh, obviously, according to the documentary, it was, there was so much gnarly, uh, gnarly stuff happening while you were there. Um, stuff that obviously could, have, could be made into a movie, uh, like Vegas drug movie, scenes uh starring your dad or a character that yeah, is I mean, I think playing your dad how um how old were you in the vegas years i i'm uh we moved there when i after i turned 13 because when i turned 13 they did it at the skate park in the old old snack bar remember they rented it out made like a casino were oh okay there? no i don't think i was there i know like yanni was there dad was there but they had like a whole blackjack dealer come through whoa birthday party an old casino <laughs> kitty course at the skate park okay but then so yeah i had to have been like almost 14 when we moved to vegas and then moved back after i was 15 like before 16 for sure okay between 14 and 15. um was it like uh like therapeutic for you or like like just like weight off your shoulders to be able to talk about all that stuff and put it out there like that. Like, have you ever like talked to anybody about what was going on in your life or like, obviously maybe like you're close, like outside of like your close circle. Yeah. Not really. Maybe like Jack Locke too. Yeah. Like some of my like close. Yeah. 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 I've known since we were little, but not even to the extent that I talked about with the true grit. Yeah. And it definitely was therapeutic for me to speak about a lot of those things because I'd never spoke about it. I think at an early age, I was like conditioned to just whatever's happening at home stays at home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For a bunch of different reasons. Um, so growing up, I just kind of kept to myself about all that stuff because okay. I don't know. I also knew a lot of pe other people who were going through shit. So yeah. And, um, and, uh, who, who was behind the camera kind of pushing the questioning during the true grit and, uh, also like, maybe knowing when it was time to kind of take a break or cut for the day. Cause I saw a couple of different times in there where I could tell you were just kind of like on the verge yeah. of like, uh, and then there was one time where you were like, I got to get up. I can't talk anymore. Yeah. Um, um, that was mainly Joe Parent. Okay. He's really good at, yeah. at reading the room and reading the person he's interviewing. Yeah. I love, I, yeah, I love Joe. Obviously you guys know Joe Parent uh, from all the, we've talked about him a lot here uh you know he's the original west side filmer made all the, the dango is dead last of the mohicans and now he's the uh the filmer for all of nhs or santa cruz specifically or he's i don't know it's his exact title okay but he is the main filmer for nhs as far as santa cruz goes and he does a lot of the editing i want to say for all the companies at nhs yeah like all those little oj edits yeah uh, but whenever we go on santa cruz trips he's usually the guy that's with us okay and if he is with us he's the one that's leading the other filmers and what they have to do all right and whatnot and um okay so in the doc you said you you found your dad's skateboard in your garage and that's how you started uh do you by chance remember 
what kind of board it was? Um, I know it was a blind board, and I could be wrong, but it, I think it was a James Craig board. Really? But I those are going for a lot of money on eBay right now. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, I could be wrong about that part. But, but if definitely I, if I'm a right about that. That's just—it's also crazy to me because. So it wasn't like you found your friends now. <laughs> yeah, and so it's not like you found your dad's uh, like old school '80s board. No, like your dad was on like a, a real. Oh, okay. Yeah, he had one of those too. All right. The one I found was a just regular, regular board. All right, and uh, I definitely remember you as a little kid uh, because I mean you skated fast. You, you kind of got good at a young age. Um, and you were wearing full pads. So you stood out at skate park of Tampa because nobody was wearing full pads at skate park of Tampa. Um, it was obvious that you came from the other side of the bridge because that skate park required full pads. And I mean, we just knew you were from Clearwater and, and, uh, yeah, central. And, And, um, so you were definitely ripping. Like I remember announcing your contest runs when you were a little, little baby. Um, you grew up in that whole scene of the skate park, all ages contests that has bred like a lot of professionals grew up skating. Like I remember even me first going to these all ages contests, the dudes that were there skating were like John Buchanan, uh, Mike Rosa, um, Billy Rohan, like dudes that grew up and went pro ahead of me. Like I'm, I'm not saying I went pro. I never went pro, never went am. I but getting Zoo York boxes though. When I, I was a little kid. Dude, Zoo York took such good care of me, and they had no reason to. Um, Robbie was killing it at the time, also getting the same love. Um, but every time those dudes were in town, they made me feel like I was part of the team and part of what they had going on. Seamus uh, was a team manager for most of the time that I was there. He was always super good to me. And a uh, little fun fact. I uh, I sent the same three minutes of footage to Zoo York to four different team managers to, <laughs> to stay on because they went through a time where they like recycled team managers. Like uh-huh. they just went through one phase in the company where they went through like four team managers in a span of like maybe a year and a half or two years. And, then and every like, time, yeah, doing? every time a new TM would show up, be like, hey, I'm the new TM. Just want to see, you know, what we're what we got going on over here. You think you can send me some footage and the, the same three minutes went to four different guys <laughs> over the course. And, and I was done filming. Like I wasn't filming at all. So I was just like, ah, send this off. I, I can make one more copy of this DVD. Like, all right. And, and dude, they took really good care of me. And that was when like Scotty move right there. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, you were so uh, First time I remember seeing you at the skate park, and I've, I've told this story before and brought it up to you, but you had some shiny gold shoes on, pushing across the park. That's my first memory. And, dude, I remember those shoes. They were white leather uh, Vans, the new school model. They had the big, puffy uh, Vans little hit on the side, and I spray-painted them gold. Like, I'll never forget that. That's the- like I do remember you telling me that that's what you remember of your first time seeing me. So, I mean – I did shit like that to get noticed and it looks like it worked. Definitely worked. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, man, gold spray paint. I was spray painting a lot of shit back then, especially shoes. And cause nobody made gold shoes and I wanted some. So I had some, but, um, growing up like little kid, uh, you talked about this. Um, but with, uh, your mom's 
like profession at the time mm -hmm. and growing up at the skate park uh did you ever have to like deal with comments from the older kids or like were you old enough to kind of know what was going what like what was going on or uh <clears throat> there definitely were some comments but a lot of the comments were more just like like damn jeremy's mom's hot stuff like shit like that yeah but then there would be like a few kids who would say some shit about what she does for work and i mean i didn't really care okay i feel like there may be a couple of times where i did get angry and maybe try to fight the kid or something but yeah yeah I, I feel like all the older kids also just had my back and they like didn't really try to disrespect me like that yeah and I, I feel the same way uh, I like obviously so in that timeline i would have been like 21 or 22 you were how old are you now 28 okay so yeah i'm 10 years older than you so uh yeah i was probably you know 21 22 you were 12 so me being a 22 year old male i was like jeremy's mom is awesome yeah like that's what she wants to do that's sick like and and uh but quickly when as you started to grow up i was like okay like we can never like even acknowledge this you know what i mean like i don't even like wouldn't even know how to bring up a conversation to be like and so how's life growing up with your mom like like how do you even start that conversation so i was like when i knew you were filming this documentary and knew the extent of what they were going i was i was wondering how how deep into your life they would go and it turns out they went like 10 times even deeper than i even knew exist they went like so many layers back that i even like the layers that i didn't even know existed and and that was cool because I, I made my wife sit down with me and watch it and for her to see it and her not knowing much about you besides you know what happens at public events where you guys see each other um so just her like seeing gnarly stuff you know did you know this about him nope didn't know this did you know this about him i was like i knew like the first two minutes but not the last five like i didn't know uh you know what was going on with your life at the time or anything up until you know about a month ago when i really fucking found out what was going on but um when santa cruz set me up to do that or asked me to do it i mean i didn't want to i could have definitely played it a whole different way and be like very cookie cutter and try to like almost be fake about it you know yeah everything was great and whatnot yeah. but that's just not me and when they asked me to do it, I really thought about if I wanted to do it, how deep I would want to get. And, you know, just be completely honest with everything we talked about. And even with things I said and things we, me and my dad talked about and my mom talked about, or maybe other people talked about in it, you know, it's not everything. Yeah. And it, I just scratched the surface with things that I felt comfortable talking about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, paint the picture of what it was. Okay, and then um, so so you actually skated Tampa Am two thousand and two <laughs> in the vert contest. I think there's probably a photo online of that me doing an invert like halfway up the the vert ramp. Yes, and just so you know, that was actually the first year I skated Tampa Am really in the street contest. So we have that. Um, I looked up the results on because this the skate park of tampa's website is so comprehensive with your all of your history in skateboarding uh you got 18th out of 18. Sick. i got 91st out of 94. Oh. 
Well, you did better than me. Well, I, got I was going to say is it was really good to see that one of us was able to turn it around. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't. Um, I think the the I actually looked it up. The best ever I ever did at Tampa Am. I got fifty second in my day. So that was like still out of like one hundred and twenty. I had the run of my life. Landed every trick I I, I was trying. I made my run, um, and it, it was good enough for fifty second. <laughs> and around that time was probably top 50 went to semifinals or was oh no 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 it was like i don't even remember i think it was like top maybe 16 from each day oh yeah that's how it worked yeah in total it was like 32 so i mean i was well past the cut line but uh i just thought that was funny that we both skated tampa and for the first time in the same year um <laughs> uh back on the dock how cool was it to see your old taekwondo instructor um that was so sick to me like, like did you know he was there when you were walking in no like did you have that set up or anything not at all um somebody asked me about that recently actually so when we were driving to like one of the first houses i grew up in it's one of the first scenes i think where i'm like talking about him outside of the house yeah the, 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 the fence yeah that's that. funny so on the way to that house we passed by the taekwondo place yeah the same road because they were probably like five or ten minute drive from each other yeah yeah and i seen it i was like yo that's where i, where I did this karate at like we should just joe's like oh let's pull up and just get a shot of you out front of it yeah and we pull up i just go and look inside and notice the doors open walk in and then he was just there and he was there by himself like his wife wasn't there yet the kids weren't there yet same guy same guy that's awesome like it was fully none of that was planned or scripted or that wasn't even in our plan for that day yeah trying to do that that do that honestly ended up being one of my favorite parts of the documentary besides Robbie just standing there in silence doing just smoking a cigarette and staring off into space while while Jonas talks which is because that absolutely sums up Robbie it sums up Robbie perfectly and then it sums up Jonas perfectly too yeah um and then also it was super cool to see a bunch of uh Joe Pelham's old footage and Bujika's old footage, like all mixed in throughout the entire documentary. Um, it was definitely got me psyched to see all the clips with the Shaquifa shirts on. Um, you grew up fast and you got real good and eventually kind of got like adopted by the squad. Um, what, uh, when you were young, like looking up to these older guys, what were your thoughts about Shaquifa when you were growing up? And, uh, what was going on in your head when you kind of started getting noticed by like the older heads in the scene? Um, when I was growing up, definitely like 15, 16 at the skate park, being there every weekend and then seeing all of you guys just being older and like dressing the way that we wanted to dress. Yeah. Fucking doing the tricks we wanted to do, the style, like just that whole, everything about that being a little kid at the skate park, looking up to the older kids. And, um, yeah, whenever you'd come through the street shirts, we would always want to buy them. Yeah. Always want to get them from you so we could rock them and be like, yeah. Did you ever buy them from me? I'm sure I bought a couple from you. Okay. I used to have a baby blue one that I, I definitely bought from you. Nice. Um, but then you guys just, I don't know, for me growing up in the skate park, hanging around certain people. Yeah, because eventually you lost the pads uh lost the pad started skating with Pachika, but then at that time didn't skate vert didn't skate vert you got the shaquifa mansion going 
Okay. Uh, that was going to be my next question. I can't remember a timeline of how old you were. Were you, did you ever like, were you old enough to like be at the mansion partying with us? I don't yeah, remember. I was 16. Okay. Maybe 17. The closest I got was I pulled up there with like the Jeep to pick up Yanni or Jada or something. Okay. So you never actually went in. Never went inside, but I heard so many stories and like being a kid, like you guys were the ones that were going skating and then going out, getting the girls. Yeah. These like, I'm hearing these crazy stories of parties at the at the house, parties at Ebor. And at that time, I just put on the Ebor on the weekends at nighttime and just skate up and down 7th Avenue. Like me and Jack just like sketching cars and stuff. Okay. Not knowing what was really happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Andy's bars and stuff. Yeah, I used to go down there a lot too when I was real young because my older sister started taking me to like punk shows at the Masquerade and uh, at the Orpheum. And there's a couple other venues in Ebor at the time. And, uh, so I started going to Ybor and seeing what the nightlife was like in Ybor at like maybe 13 or 14 mm -hmm. because they were all ages shows, but they were in clubs. So uh, they'd rush the bands off at like 11 or midnight and they'd have to kick everybody out because there was a lot of people waiting to get in for club, for the mm -hmm. club night. So like, you know, sometimes you, you know, hide in the bathroom for a little bit. So you get like maybe like a 20 minute glimpse of like the actual club yeah. before somebody like figured out that you're, like, dude, you're 15. I mean, some like, of the get out of here. Like, maybe Tampa Am after parties where it's all ages. Sometimes they would be down the keyboard. Yeah, I remember one was at the Ritz. I forget exactly what it was, but there's a photo of me and Jack like leaving it, and we were definitely like 15 or 16. But just being an keyboard like at that age, seeing what was happening. Yeah, and then um, the stories of you guys and what y'all were doing down there. All right, all right. So, so you wanted to fill some shoes, and uh, I actually remember like the first time I I saw you at czar which was the club that we all chilled at we kind of owned the one of the side rooms was like essentially it was like the shaquifa bar um i think that was when you were working yeah i was i worked the door for for a little bit at this club worked security for a little bit and then i like i remember the first time i saw you there and just being freaked out that like the young kids that were like way younger than Do you me. remember what you did no I just remember seeing. I just remember seeing you, and I was talking to Jada, and I was just like, "This is weird." Nibs is here, and and Jada, and Jada was like, and Jada was like, "Yeah, he's with us now. We got his back, and you need to have his back too. Give him some, give him some damn shirts." <laughs> so what did that, so what did I do? Um, well, if I remember correctly, you were out front checking IDs and putting the marks on people's hands. Okay. And giving them the band. Okay. And obviously, I was eighteen, so I was getting the mark. Yeah. And instead of putting like the little little c with the z or whatever it was that they did there for underage most people got a little tiny one you took the sharpie on the fat end and just covered <laughs> the tops of my hands oh man i'm sorry like, i'm definitely 18. <laughs> well there well i would do that to like some people would definitely like people would always try to finesse the door guy and, be, and like girls would be like hey why don't you just you know give me one of those drinking bands and i'd be like oh you want a drinking band you want to drink a band here you get fat side of the marker and i would just cover uh -huh. the tops of their hands just for talking shit to me like no you're not going to get a you're not drinking here i think you did it more to me on on the sense of like damn this kid i've known since he was little is showing up to this club right now yeah yeah and it's you know fucking with my friends yeah and uh most all my friends were of age so i didn't really have any friends that i got to like actually mark up so i was like you know man let's fucking let's fuck these hands up mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I just remembered uh, Jada was like, dude, he's in the crew. Um, we got his back. 
Gavin and Yanni then definitely brought me into the yeah like they they put the stamp on you and they're like he's with us like look out for him and then I remember a, a time Azar when we were there partying and all of a sudden there was like a panic because somebody was outside fucking with you <laughs> and then we roll out like eight dudes deep like who's fucking with nibs <laughs> and I guess the dude had already peeled so lucky him but uh that's what it was about back then man like we seriously just like looked out for our boys um a fight you 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 never got to fight one of us mm-hmm. you had to fight eight of us mm-hmm. and uh you know that's how we did an ebor for a minute for a while it was get drunk at czar fight in the street and then run back to the run mansion to the as fast as we could because there were people there waiting for us to let them in to party until the sun came up so uh you know, reminiscing about some old times, you were like at that time, you were still just like a cute little baby face, uh, barely a barely a patch of peach fuzz on your face. Now you're a grown ass man with hair growing in all kinds of weird places, just like me. And that is why I am so thankful that support for the Border Podcast is provided by Manscaped. Yes, Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls. Okay, if you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, it's okay. We're going to give you a pass. But Manscaped is here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021. Yes, 2020 sucked. So does excess ball hair. But that is in the past because Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start in 2021 with their perfect package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. So come out of lockdown with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. And the third-generation trimmer even has a light to give you the glow-up you need in 2021. And don't forget to freshen up down there with the Crop Preserver an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You're already putting deodorant in your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Especially for skaters, man. That Femunda cheese. And for on-the-go freshness, you will love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. Yes, that's right. We've said it once, we'll say it again. 2020 was awful. So make sure your boys are refreshed and ready for new beginnings and maybe new women in 2021. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and are hands down the best underwear you will ever wear. I've talked to the ladies and they all agree that ball hair is gross. And if you don't keep the boys clean, you might be spending 2021 with your balls in quarantine and six feet away from any type of action. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Once again, 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds, players. So I think you just sold me on that. Yeah. That was the best plug I've like ever heard. It's good shit. It's good shit. So um back going back to Jeremy's uh infiltration into the Shaquifa squad, into our hearts, into our videos. Um 
your parts in uh, mixtape volume two and volume three. I just first wanted to say thank you for, uh, you know, giving us your footage and giving us, giving us a place to try to uh, put you and make you look as good as we possibly could. Um, I felt like Bujika did a great job on both videos uh, with the themes and your part to the Tupac song. And just, it's, it's all just amazing. And um, my- I watched those, it brings back a lot of, a lot of great memories. Oh yeah, for sure. I'll, I catch myself in a Shaquifa portal on YouTube sometimes, just like watching even my old, old parts that aren't even like anything, but I'm just like, dude, like, I remember these, like, these are awesome. I, like, I actually had to meet up with Bujika a couple months ago because I didn't have a, a DVD of Mixtape 3. Like I had given them all away. Like I'll, if some, every now and then I'll, I'll put a DVD in with a package that I send out. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to watch it and I didn't have a copy. <laughs> so I actually had to hit him up and be like, hey man, can I, can I get a copy of Mixtape 3? And of course, you gave me some. And I just want to say from both parts, my favorite clip, just because it's such an OG Tampa spot and something I never thought would even be possible, was uh, Ollie both channels at the, the Dirty Dog Banks outside of the Bro Bowl. I, don't, I wanted to do that for a while. And well, just for me, because I skated, I started skating that spot when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of the first spots I ever skated, like street skating in Tampa. And I got taken to it and I always liked the spot. It's really hard to skate. People don't realize how hard it is. Uh, it first got skated in an old uh, Transworld video, I believe. Um, the one maybe cinematographer, the OG cinematographer video. Josh Stewart had a section where he was like, they uh, remember the cinema, cinematographer project, yeah. the, the Transworld video recently that they did. Another recent one. Yeah. Okay, so like the, the third or fourth Transworld video was called Cinematographer, and it highlighted maybe like five or six different filmers, and Josh Stewart was one of them. So it was a lot of Tampa heavy footage. Uh, I think Paul Urich and Alan Russell both skated in that part. But um, dude, Ollie in both channels, just like imagining how to skate that spot for so many, so many years. Cause I mean, the spot's been there for 20 years now and uh, seeing that neighborhood also evolve. Cause you used, those dudes used to come out from the projects and kind of like fuck with you a little bit, I bet. but um, that was, that's close to the old bro. Yeah. I mean, even closer to the new one. Now, yeah. But it was close to the old ones. Um, it seemed like once Tony Hawk pro skater came out, skateboarding had a pass in the hood. Like I, I recognized that when I was going going through it because I was street skating a lot at that time. So like, I know street skating, yeah. so I noticed that like, as soon as Tony Hawk video game came out, it was like, oh, like it legitimized us to other people outside. Obvious, like you know what I mean. So like, we'd be in the hood and people would would people stop saying what the fuck up? You're like, what's up, white boy? Like instead of white boy, it was what's up, Tony Hawk. So like every skater was in the hood was nicknamed Tony Hawk for like a couple of years. I mean, I remember that area being bad just from being a little kid because the few times my dad would bring me to Pro Bowl to go skate. Yeah. He'd be like, all right, take off your necklace. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I've seen dudes get like don't let anybody bar your skateboard. Yeah, yeah. I saw a dude get uh like one time I just watched three kids like rush up on a dude on his bike, break bottles over his head, and just run the bike back into the projects. Clemens has a crazy story about Robo. I was there. But that's his story to tell. That, this one? <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. 
Yeah, I was there for that. We'll get Ryan on to talk about that. It's it's way gnarlier than you think. Mm-hmm. But um, okay, so yeah, just seeing you attack that spot like that uh, was incredible for me. Just to to like know in my mind like somebody needs to do this for so many years. I was just like somebody needs to do this, and to see it happen. And to see all your other clips through the years at that spot, like you did some other good stuff, man. Like even the pop shove it over it, like was really good. Um, did you ever hit a switch? Did you maybe do a switch front side ollie? I switched front side ollie. Okay. And when I was super young, probably one of the first things I ever filmed with Fujiko. Nolly nose wheelie and then the back tail. Yep. yep. I, I watched some old Jeremy Nibs parts this morning just to make sure I uh, was fresh with his footage and what he did in the city of Tampa that we all love and I call my home. And uh, yeah, so enough about old video parts. Um, we're going to fast forward one quote from the documentary that really resonated and kind of sums up uh, Tampa was just like when you just said, it's real easy. Uh, what did it say? It's real easy to do the wrong thing in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And dude, you couldn't be farther. You, you're so right. Uh, with so many of our friends yes so many so, of my friends so many of so many of our friends like we definitely have fallen homies that fell victim uh to the uh, pill mill mm-hmm. scene where you can just go get prescriptions for anything you want for my my pinky toe hurts and then all of a sudden you got like this script for oxycon mm-hmm. and and it just doesn't matter and then these people just go to each fucking spot each day to get to you know, fake refill their script, and it's dude, so easy to fall down the wrong path here. And so anybody that comes out of it uh, with a story like yours is uh, just respectable, commendable, and pretty damn amazing. Uh, but you did reveal in the documentary that you you kind of started getting into some unsavory business. Uh, you know, started doing a l- couple things that might get you into trouble. Um, before the phone call from Ryan Clements mentioned you had a plan mm-hmm. to do some things with some friends. And obviously I'm not asking you to reveal this plan. You can, if you want, but you can obviously say no comment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just don't want to like incriminate myself about anything. Perfect. But it's also not to say that, you know, we weren't doing things previously, but that, that one thing definitely would have and could have went very wrong. Uh, so looking back, looking back, were you like, I can't believe we were going to try that? Like, or looking back, were you like, damn, we could have got away with that? Or like, um, I mean, I'm happy I didn't, obviously didn't do it, but you know, if we did get away with it, that would have been great at the time, but getting away with it once would only be us trying it again. Yeah. Trying it again. Slippery slope. And inevitably, I would have fucked it up eventually. Yeah, it's like the dude that uh, starts stealing bubble gum from the gas station, and all of a sudden he's like, stealing the money from the gas station. Yeah, and then like you know, move on to the candy, and then you move on to the yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, you got five flat screen TVs in the back of your truck, and you're trying to sell them because you because <laughs> you just boosted them from Walmart. But um, obviously you got the call from Clements telling you there's a job in Alabama. You get to Alabama and you're at a venue for a concert. Um, they tell you what the job is and you still don't know that it's a Little Wayne concert. Like, 
they're just like, you're going to be on this stage skate. Yep. We flew there. We're on the stage. I, I meet, I meet Yo-Yo, Joseph Rallis. Yep. Yep. And me, Kyle Brar, me, Connor Champion. Um, this dude, Dante Wilmar, who's come later find out is one of Wayne's cousins. Like okay. Younger cousins. And, um, yeah, we're just all there. Clemens is kind of there, like organizing. Clemens like, yeah, we just gotta skate on these on these ramps, get used to it. Yeah. And then yeah, I had no idea that it was Wayne until like we he he was in the crowd, not not a crowd of people, but just like in the seats where the crowd would be. Yeah. And he watched like our little rehearsal of us just skating the ramps. Okay. And we had a whole routine because we thought like, all right, like you should go first, and then I'm gonna go right behind you. Yeah, yeah. Like this, and it was super like planned out. And the only thing he said was like, yo, I don't want y'all to do a routine, like just wild out. I don't give a fuck. Like y'all can fall, it doesn't matter. Just skate how you want to skate. Yeah. He said something along those lines. And the voice sounded familiar, but he was also just talking, not rapping on a song. Like and this, he's he's on a microphone, so you're just hearing this through a speaker. Yeah. And okay. Like, it's dark out, so you can't really see the crowd, crowd area too okay. much. The seat, seating area. And we're on the stage with these fucking bright lights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? And then yeah, the next. I think it was the next morning is when the show was and then i think like that night before the show we went to an after party and that's where i met Wayne. okay at the after party and um he like came up sat down next to me like i introduced myself and talked for a second and that was really it and then yeah. we started the show next day okay and then it was show after that show after that we just kept going and going and then yeah it seemed like it never stopped for the first and so you were pretty, you pretty much skated every, like he, he does a concert like every night, right? Just about, yeah. So you're skating these same like two quarter pipes, two quarter five pipes, stair. Two five stairs that you have, each have rails on them. And um, yeah, just skating that every night. Yeah. And then also going to skate parks in whatever city we were in. Yeah. After the show or after the after party. Okay, so, so now we have, we have both are veterans of Lil Wayne's horse. Yeah. Um, how was, how quick was, was it for you to adjust to uh, what I call Wayne time? Um, um, so. It wasn't that hard for me. No? No. But I, I mean, I think just from being around like Clemens. Yeah. And just, you know, when you're with Clemens, especially when you're traveling with, traveling with Clemens, not saying that he stays up for long hours or anything like that, but you know that you have to be on his schedule. Yeah. If you're not on his schedule, yeah. you're going to get left or yep. get in trouble. 30 minutes at the gas station, boys. Yeah. <laughs> so just knowing that already, having that like slight background. Components, yeah. I just like that. I, they haven't really told us like everything. Yeah. So I can kind of pick up on it and hear what other people are saying around. So I just kind of yeah. figured it out. Because, uh, I mean, we were like, I don't know if you guys are like skating all day. Like, are you guys doing any skating during the day? The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. At this, or is it like you guys are like nocturnal? Pretty much pretty nocturnal at this point. On that, on that tour, it was pretty much like let's say we're having a show in Memphis. We get to that that hotel at like 5 p.m. Get the bus to the venue, probably like seven seven thirty. We eat food there, then we do the show that starts at like nine. Yeah, goes to like eleven. Yeah, and we're on the bus back to the hotel. Go to the after party that you have to show up at for like thirty minutes or an hour. Then from there, go to the skate park, skate the skate park till like 7 a.m., 8 a.m., bus back to the hotel in Memphis, shower, eat breakfast, get back on the bus, go to like Atlanta. So you're checking into these hotels that you're not even sleeping in. So many times we didn't <laughs> sleep at them. We just really use them just like shower. Yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes uh, you'd be up for so long that when you finally get the chance to sleep, like, oh, we got four hours of sleep your body's already like in that second wave of energy and you're just yeah, like, oh, and you okay. can't. my mind's racing. My body's exhausted, but my mind's racing, so I can't even go to sleep. Yeah, so uh, when, when I was on the trip with, with Wayne, uh, we were street skating during the day. 
So we would get back to the hotel at like five or six, eat dinner, unwind. And then around like 10, 30 or 11, maybe even midnight, we'd get the call from Wayne's people. And it's like, all right, Wayne's ready to skate. What do you guys got? Mm-hmm. So then we were done street skating as a crew for the day, but then we had to pack up again and uh, get to wherever it is Wayne wanted to skate, which was completely fine because he, you know, he funded the whole trip. We're, we're on this trip because of him and what he does and because he wants us to be there. Um, I actually heard from some of the skaters that uh, uh, the skateboarders on the trip were kind of like untouchable because like other people that were there to like directly work for Wayne were like, you know, like engineers and artists and stuff. But like the skaters were there because Wayne wanted people to skate with. So it was like, these guys aren't here working for any of you guys. These are guys who are here to skate with me. Yeah. So they would get like, like Wayne would have us on his like studio bus. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying, these, like, I was saying these guys got treated like really, really well. Yeah. Just because they had no like musical affiliation to Wayne and they were there purely for Wayne's benefit and to like be his skate crew. Yeah. Like we, we, they'd put us in the same hotels that Wayne's staying at, which is typically like, the nicest hotel in the city. Yeah. We sleep on one bus, but when we weren't sleeping, we'd be on like the studio bus, which is what he's on. Yeah. I hope like record some music on and whatnot, just like be around him and, and all that. But it was definitely different and definitely weird to just get thrown into that whole situation. Like, I mean, I was listening to Lil Wayne since I was a little kid. Yeah. And I wanted to ask I, that. I, like, were, were you like a big Lil Wayne fan growing up? Cause like he was kind of not super like my generation of music my, my coming up like i knew it was tape. there my first sponsoring tape ever i don't have it i wish i could find it or get a hold of it somewhere um this dude steven garcia i know him oh yeah he filmed it he used to film at central skate yeah stuff. oh yeah um but my first sponsoring tape was to bling bling <laughs> i never told wayne that wow that's awesome but um but dude so you were on the tour in the u.s and then it went to europe once a year yeah so uh and then it dude obviously the schedule of uh doing these demos every night and then skating a different park every night you it was very obvious that you made like great use of that time and you were skating a lot because i remember when you came back to tampa it was like whoa like you were on another you're like completely couple different levels up it was almost like in a, in a sense like a skate boot camp it's like all right every every night we're yeah going to a new skate park yeah and you didn't have a choice you were there to do a job about yeah if like, we didn't go to the skate parks with them like we were still skating on the stage but if we didn't go to the skate parks with them then it's like that's also almost part of our job yeah and i mean i want to skate all these different skate parks yeah it's fun so i'm gonna go regardless and dude isn't wayne's park in miami that shit is so fun it's so much fun everything it's, in there is super tiny yeah but that's like what makes it so much fun yeah i had such a good time uh skating there and um so going back so you got really good again came back to tampa you're killing it starting to skate all over tampa start to travel a little bit footy up in new york footy in sf and then uh when people first started really noticing you um you got second to tampa am I did get top three. I, 
think he had it was second. Probably. According to Jack in the documentary, you got second that year at Tampa Am. Yeah, it was second or third. But I did get the golden ticket that year. Yes. And so I remember, like, people were finally kind of starting to, like, pay attention after you had kind of just stayed, like, underground for a while. Uh, I remember you were getting uh, boards from Expedition at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to Cheney that weekend about you. And I just – I don't really think he saw in you what everybody else was seeing in you because they kept putting other random dudes on the team that were not you. And I was just like, man, like, you're, you're putting these guys on, but, like, look at this kid. And, uh, I, like, I remember – you qualified, got the golden ticket, so you're skipped to the semis, straight to the finals. So you're chilling, and you're hit like, hey, Scotty, I need some brand-new Shaquifa shirts to wear in the finals. And I was like, nah, you find the I, – I, I remember telling you, no, you find your shirt with the biggest Expedition logo on it you did. and wear that because, like, I wanted Chaney to see you win the contest in an Expedition shirt. And I also wanted to make sure he – at least had the opportunity to see in you what all of us saw in you. And uh, looking back, I, I should have had you wear the Shaquifa shirt because mm-hmm. you never got on expedition. They went out of business and Shaquifa is still holding strong. I'll, if you never go into business, you can never go out of business. <laughs> so um, that's true. You got second to Tampa Am that year in those yellow shorts, I think. Yeah. Was that the yellow shorts year? I love those. Uh, no, yellow shorts year was the following year. Okay. Where I, I did get gold ticket again. That, and then made, made the finals. There we go. But, um, so yeah, he got, he started to get noticed because of that. Got on Rockstar. Uh, continued support from Nike. They're showing you the love. Yeah, shout out to St. Clair and Scuba. Yes, dude. Scuba, thank you so much. He, dude, he sent he sent me some of them uh, Grateful Deads, yo. Scuba. Yeah, shout out to Scuba for sure. And then, um, so back to the doc for a second. Uh, you had some very real life shit, like real life family shit play out like live on camera. Like you hadn't seen your dad in over a year. Yeah. And the first time you saw him, like you were being filmed. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I probably wouldn't have even seen him if that wasn't the case. I had like pretty much made him promise to me that he would do this. Yeah. And so uh, was it crazy uh, for you to know that all this stuff being filmed and all this like personal family stuff uh, would be seen by so many people? Um, definitely. When I was doing it, situation be yeah. it and like not try to hide anything. But then after the filming was finished, like the two weeks leading up to like, all right, we're gonna release it. They came out to like December eighth or ninth, yeah, twenty twenty, yeah. And leading up to that, like the two weeks leading up, I was having like anxiety, Whoa. like panic attacks. Like, fuck, what did I do? Yeah, do I really want like a like, bunch of people to know about this. Yeah, and I mean, I wasn't expecting really too many people to see it because I don't have like a crazy following like some people. Yeah, you know, I was thinking like, all right. Maybe like the, the normal, I don't know, like ten thousand people are gonna watch it. Yeah, but dude, like three hundred and eighty thousand people have watched it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting. I get a lot of DMs now from a lot of kids actually. Yeah, that um are going through a lot of the things that 
I went through similar similar things and they're like reaching out to me and it's been really sick a lot of fathers have reached out to me too that had a past just like my dad's or are still currently battling things yeah dude i was reading a lot of the uh like the youtube comments and a lot of it was just like people just full-on confessionals of their own of their own personal stories yeah. and like it started a conversation i mean in the youtube comment section started a conversation about drugs mental health I think, I think parents two things that people don't like talking about um even people who don't experience it don't like talking about it because drugs and mental health to a lot of people are just something like oh we'll just just get over it yeah just, just beat it or oh yeah you're depressed or you're bipolar just but uh get over you're, it. you're saying it's the thing that nobody wants to talk about but it's actually two of the things that people need to talk about the most yeah that's just so everybody can just be aware of what's going on and uh you know, check like in on my, your friends. My family and mental health is a, a big thing, um, especially with, like, my mom's side. Yeah. And I didn't speak too much on her in the documentary just because of the mental health. Yeah. I don't, you know, never know what you're going to get. And she could like what I said one day and vacate it another day. But that's something that a lot of people go through, a lot of kids go through that nobody speaks about. Yeah. And uh, just getting those conversations started is awesome. And, uh, you know, check on your friends if you think they're not right. Definitely. You know, I, I like I lost two friends in 2020 to suicide, two people that I grew up with. And a lot of times, man, a, a phone call might save a life. Yeah. But um, so, man, hit a serious topic real quick, but we're going to go to a very, very – Said serious, said serious. As I said, I don't know, I can't talk anymore. All right. So, uh, yeah, talk about a serious topic. Now I want to go into like an amazing topic, the best day of your life, hopefully, uh, leading up to you going pro at Tampa Bro. We full on surprised you. Um, did you have any clue whatsoever? Like, um, have they well, talked? Santa they Cruz had dropped little hints here and there, like the whole year leading up that, you know, we want you to really go hard with filming right now because we do, we're thinking about turning you pro yeah. eventually. Yeah. Just so I didn't have the idea that like I was doing everything for like not going to yeah. pro eventually. You know? For sure. Give me something to look forward to and like a goal to work towards. And maybe like six or eight months prior to Tampa Pro. They had asked me like to give them a list of things just like that I liked, like maybe movies I liked, games I liked, yeah, artists that I liked, things like that, colors, my favorite colors, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of like a hint to me, like I wonder if they're gonna try to like, make this into a graphic or something. Working on something. All this. Yeah. But I don't. I didn't really ask too many questions. And I mean, they told me they they wanted me to be at Tampa Pro, but they were. They played it to me like we were going there to film my true true grit. Yeah. And then I'd just be there for the contest. And then after that, we're going to Miami to skate a con or to film and whatnot. Yep. So like, all right. And in my head, I was like, damn, I hope they want me to skate this shit as an am. Because two years the two years previous to this past Tampa Pro, Ams would skate Tampa Pro. Yep. And to me, I hated that. It's fake. I thought it was so I didn't like it either. So I was I told Pizzle 
like yo like i'll go there yeah but i don't want to skate as i am like as other kids that's just not right to me yeah not on some like you got to turn me pro i, I want to skate it it was yeah just, i don't want to skate this shit as i am for sure and then uh yeah i mean with everything i did leading up to that day too like filming the true grit the week previously i went to a funeral in my family my mind just wasn't even like thinking yeah oh okay yeah your mind was on so much other stuff at that point yeah between like talking about all these things that i hadn't spoke about ever yeah and like seeing my dad seeing my mom yeah doing the funeral like all these different things and then uh that day was like the first day where I wasn't doing that stuff. Yeah. And I was finally just like with everybody I grew up with and stuff. For sure. But and that uh, day at Clements' house, there was one point where I was like, man, this is super weird. Cause I was skating up the skating down the driveway towards the house. And I just looked and I seriously saw like a lot of people I grew up with just all hanging out together drinking. Like Jack, Julio, yeah. Travis, fucking Jane. So many people. Sam was there. Yeah. I was like, damn, this is super weird that they're all here right now. Like, we haven't got all got together in a few years. Well, yeah. Um, I, I really liked when uh you were at the back to the Taekwondo studio and you know the guy's like, Are, oh, you're famous? Are you pro? And you're just like, nah, may, maybe soon. And it's like, all right, well, maybe he maybe soon. Like so maybe maybe I he want to go back there now and bring him one of my quarters. Oh, you should. I guarantee you. I really want to. I'm gonna do that. Maybe you can get a uh, taekwondo themed graphic in the works. That'd be sick. A screaming hand going through a board, going through a wooden board, breaking through it. Breaking the board. Ooh, you hear me, Santa Cruz? I just did a graphic for you. Pay me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, we, dude, we put a lot of time into planning that and uh, making sure people didn't blow the surprise. And then also, like you said, trying to get all your friends and family together in one place is hard because, like, yeah. you know, Tampa Am's going on that week. So, uh, or, Tampa or Tampa Pro is going on that week. So, uh, all your homies that work at the skate park, like, Kay White was there. I'm like, what the fuck is Kevin doing here? Dude, he's on any, he'll, he'll go anywhere we, we get him a ticket to. Yeah. <laughs> and he, I, he wanted to be there anyway. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, man, we had a lot of people fly in. A lot of people took off work, called in sick from work. And uh, we tried to make it feel natural because it was all people that, you know, would be there anyway. And with a few extra surprises, like. Right before you told me, right before you announced it, but you had me and Clemens up there. Yeah. As like, you guys got first place, but wait, one of you has to be pro. Yeah. When you guys were like, all right, Jeremy, we need to skate with Clemens. I didn't even think about that part of it that whole like yeah contest thing like and so yeah if you guys haven't like to me that like oh, yeah. this is a pro versus somebody with somebody else i didn't even like think about so yeah if you guys uh haven't seen the video uh we turned jeremy pro at a contest we do in tampa every year called tampa bro and we make it a tag team contest at ryan clements's dream driveway and we uh make pairs out of the of pros that are there in attendance and then a bro which would be like our guy Scott Bentley that, that cuts hair in Tampa that skates, or Clements is a bro, or this other guy that does that did Clements's tile, or uh, I actually am the first ever Tampa Bro champion. Um, me and Tyrone Olson won the first year, and then after that, I think David Loy 
and Bob Reynolds won one year. And then uh, one year, Andy Anderson won with this local guy named Michael Wagner. And so, uh, you know, you're joining a rich history of contest champions here. That's the, the only contest I ever won. No way. Way. And then, um, so, yeah, I'll, I will say that at the border, we have definitely been accused of rigging contests. And I will admit that we rigged this contest absolutely. But one place I can guarantee the action is not rigged is at Bet Online. I just want to remind the listeners that the NFL playoffs are here. The NBA has officially started and hockey is right around the corner. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Yes, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. So head to Bet Online today and use the promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online is your online sportsbook expert. So, yes, basically, it didn't matter what you and Ryan did, it was the plan all along to have you guys skate last. Uh, I felt like Ryan killed it, though. Ryan did kill it. You killed it too, obviously. Um, you might have been able to win on your own merit. I'm not sure. But uh, what was um, – so what was going through your mind – Oh, we, well, you just said, what, like, what was going through your mind uh, when I called you guys out as winners and then started going into my little speech about how they're supposed to be one pro on the team? Um, well, prior to you saying that it has to be a pro on the team when you said that we won – I remember Rob walking up to me with his camera out filming me. I was like, you guys won, you gotta go up there. I was like, all right. We're walking up there and I'm still not really thinking about it. It's like, damn, how did me and Clemens win? Like, I feel like I only did like a few things. I'm standing up there, still don't really notice it yet. And then it was when you said, wait, when you guys have to be pro. But the way you like looked at me and said it, I was like, oh shit. Are they about to do this right now? Yes. So the answer was yes. Sam running out with the boards. Yes. Handing it to all my friends. That was, dude, it went off exactly how we envisioned it in our heads. It was amazing. It was a surprise. Uh, you can see it on the dock, how we surprised them. Um, I definitely teared up hugging all my friends down there. Oh, yeah, me too. Jonas showed up late and was sobbing. You can see that in the dude. Secret. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I was like, dude, we have to make a crying Jonas meme to go next to crying Jordan. Um, so we turned you pro, gave you your board. I got one hanging up on my wall at home. Um, going right into like, well, you're pro now. It's Tampa Pro weekend. You're skating Tampa Pro. How, what was mentally going through your eyes, your mind there? Because like you made the cut to the semis. Yeah, I don't know how. Because <laughs> you, you ripped. Um, it was definitely surreal to me. Because, I mean, for me, and probably the same for you, growing up in Tampa, since, like, the first time I went to the skate park in Tampa, it was like, oh, there's a Tampa Am this year or a Tampa Pro this year. My parents brought me to it. Yeah. And then every year after, I was at all of them. Yeah. Every I, Tampa Pro. Of when, course. Like, when Rob Deardick came filming Robin Big or whatever it was at that time. I got some of that money off the vermin. Yeah? Yeah. Damn. I got a little bit. A little bit. Oh, yeah. I was there when, like. Kevin Spank, or when Spanky won and they got the little motorcycle. Yes. Like Tampa or something. Got the little mini Ducati. Yeah. 
but just like growing up and being there witnessing all this i, I was there when Bujnitz won yeah his his winning oh yeah stuff. and then just actually be skating in it so did you have a moment like this would be like the cliche movie moment where they call your name and you're on top of the rolling and you're just like and it's like you close your eyes <laughs> and you're like every single moment in my fucking life has led me to this and it's just like boom like not like the p-rod praying into your hat moment but like just uh i'm here i did it like dewey cox when he has to contemplate his entire life yeah before he takes the stage yeah like did you have any type of that type of moment where you're just like holy shit like i'm standing next morning, to costin that morning like getting coffee hanging out with like jack and stuff just like thinking like damn dude i'm really about to escape temper pro right now yeah like that morning i definitely had a little moment like that yeah but as soon as i got to the skate park it was just like still like surreal and also overwhelming because you guys have just turned me pro so yeah there's still a ton of people coming up to me congratulating me for sure like, little kids like wanting to take a photo of me so it's just still so much going on i feel like i didn't really have time to like think it was just like autopilot like well, i do all this i go in there and skate warm up well that might have been the best for you yeah you didn't have time to overthink it yeah yeah but i was definitely nervous yeah oh for, for sure, sure. It's like, well, dude, they, these guys just put all of this effort into turning me pro. I better not blow it. Yeah. But, um, dude, you definitely did not. You definitely are not blowing it. Um, and now, so the documentary dropped about a month ago. Um, I know you said your DMs were going crazy with love and support. Uh, the, like I said, the YouTube comments are all, like, just incredible. Uh, anybody that gave a thumbs down to that video, I'm going to find and, and give them a wedgie um so like did yes <laughs> so uh did you or santa cruz or anybody really expect this type of reaction when this video drops like how does it feel for you uh to know that your story and what you went through like provided a lot of help and inspiration to maybe some other skaters that are in a similar spot um i mean that's all i could have hoped for with it yeah was that's really the main reason i I wanted to be so honest in the documentary also just because I wanted to be able to at least help at least one kid. Yeah. And now it turns out there's hundreds of kids. Yeah. Maybe a thousand kids. So far. And I know, and I know like uh, everybody in the offices here at the border kind of had like the same, like, holy shit. Like people are just starting to hit me up out of the woodwork just to tell me that they watched it. Yeah. And it was amazing. Like, yeah, I think the same has been happening to Jack. Yeah. Like, uh, Oh, Jack's a little, little little star now huh <laughs> <laughs> oh yes so yeah it's been a month since the documentary dropped and dude it's just got overwhelming love um so when does the the actual video part drop yeah i really don't know <laughs> you don't know to be honest we had a date i mean my like are the videos done yeah the parts have been done for a couple months now but yeah there's just a lot that goes into it, like marketing. Well, the marketing, but I, I'd say it's more like we're using music and you have to get the music, you have to pay for the music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Get it this thing called like unwhitelisted or whitelisted. From yeah, YouTube. yeah, we, yeah, we've been, uh, so I've, I've dealt with that briefly. I think for them to like 
get that stuff done, but also find the time slot with Thrasher when they have the time to like throw it up on their website. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Everything else they for sure have coming up, you know. But we had a date it was supposed to come out on December twenty third, but again, something happened with the music, so now it's should be coming out the middle of January. Okay, so we're almost there. You guys would have to wait just a little bit longer for that Jeremy Nibs part and uh dude do you have any 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 other messages you want to give to the listeners out there anything you want to plug like this is your this is your moment to tell people what you want them to hear any questions for me (laughs) um question for you i listened to the bo mitchell one okay and the your first the first impression you gave him of you when you were kicking him out of the skate park when you first pulled up, yeah, you what did you say to him? I just I seriously called him the fat kid from Eastbound and Down. Yeah, and I did not recognize him. That had me dying when I listened to it. <laughs> dude, it's so true. And uh, dude, I think I, it's awesome you got to you did one of these with him too. His Bill Murray story was was great. Oh yeah, dude, I, I dude, that's the homie right there. And dude, I know that. Uh, and him like learning about Tampa from Tony Hawk Underground. Yeah. So cool to me. And uh, I actually think I saw a sponsored ad on my Instagram feed earlier that the uh, third season of Cobra Kai mm-hmm. actually is dropping on Netflix here, or it may have already dropped, but uh, Bo has been in that. Um, I watched like the first half of the first season a couple weeks ago, finally got around to it, and it's pretty good. I'm definitely going to keep up watching it and get through. Yeah. And uh, definitely love to give the homies support. I like that I have friends in different aspects. It's funny because I um, met Bo multiple times at Tampa contests. Yeah. Just like we run into each other, we talk for a bit. Yeah. I just thought he was like the homie that brought his friends to the contest or yeah. just like loved watching skating. I had no idea that he was in in Eastbound and Down. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. I just thought he was like this nice dude. Dude, and he is such a nice dude. And then after meeting him probably like the fourth time. Somebody came up and was like, yo, you know who that is, right? Bo? Yeah, that's the homie Bo. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I feel like Bo got shortchanged because uh, I should have saved him for a later episode when I actually had people listening to the podcast because uh, he was, like, one of my first guests out the gate because, I, in my mind, I was like, I got to come out swinging with some good guests. So I got him on board, and, like, I didn't even have an audience yet. So I feel like I underserved him. Maybe we will have to uh, get him on again. Get him on again, or you might have to just just repop the same episode and hope nobody notices. Maybe we'll do some uh, first a first wall rebate on Bo Mitchell. Um, you said like final words. I don't really have any final words right now. Okay, but I mean, shout out to everybody that watched the documentary. Yes, and all my friends and my family. Like, I love you all. There we go. We love you. Jeremy loves you. I love you. And if you haven't yet, make sure you check out uh, the video. It's on the Santa Cruz YouTube page. It's called Fast Money, Drugs, and Skateboarding, the Jeremy Nibs story. Uh, Thank you for your time, everybody. Jeremy, thank you for your time. Thanks for coming in here on your uh, Christmas vacation and uh, chatting with me for a little bit. Thank you guys all out there for listening. And uh, we're going to wrap things up. So it's back to Capadonna, where we rock the body all the time. Peace.